Welcome. You are listening to the Audio Information Network of Colorado. This recording is intended to be used solely by individuals with barriers to print. Thank you for joining us for December 3rd Saturday reading of the Arapaho County News. My name is Pablo. Today, we will be reading the following main articles. Mind Reading, Schools Statewide Lean into Reading Science as Students Struggle by Anne Shimke. Aurora Police Offering 10K Reward for Information on Suspects in Wednesday Night Gun Battle with Cops by The Sentinel. LGBTQ Chorus in Colorado Springs Unifies Community with Song by Jesse Bedane. APS Searching for New Superintendent as Rico Munn Steps Aside by Karina Julig. And following up with miscellaneous articles. Mind Reading Schools Statewide Lean into Reading Science as Students Struggle by Anne Shimke, Chalkbeat, Colorado, December 1st, 2022. A room full of second graders spent a recent fall morning learning about a bossy mother named, quote, Mama E, unquote, who follows her kids around reminding them to say their names. The whimsical story was part of a phonics lesson at Denver's Bradley International School. The point was that adding an, quote, E, unquote, at the end of a word changes the first vowel from short to long. For example, pin becomes pine because the, quote, I, unquote, says its name. Teacher Megan Babrowski challenged the children sitting elbow to elbow on a rainbow-striped rug in front of her. Could Mama E live at the front of the word instead of the back? A little boy named Peter piped up. Quote, she has to be at the end of the word, unquote, he said. Quote, imagine if she's on the front of the line, she's going to be too busy saying her name, unquote. Peter and his classmates were learning a rule about the English language that they applied over and over that day. When reading and writing, quote, hope, unquote, quote, cute, unquote, quote, tape, unquote, and, quote, slide, unquote. Such lessons reflect both a district-wide and statewide shift in how children are taught to read in Colorado. Gone by the wayside are reading programs that encourage children to figure out what a jumble of letters says by looking at the picture or using other clues to guess the word a debunked strategy still used in some popular reading curricula. Now, there's a greater emphasis on teaching the relationships between sounds and letters in a direct and carefully sequenced way. It's part of the science of reading, a large body of knowledge about how children learn to read. Some teachers are pleased with the new reading curricula rolling out at their schools, but there are bumps, too. Confusing technology, new ways of grouping students, or an overwhelming amount of material, to name a few. The hope is that better curriculum materials combined with a recent statewide teacher training effort will transform reading instruction and boost reading achievement across Colorado. Quote, those are definitely the biggies, unquote, said Floyd Cobb associate commissioner for student learning at the Colorado Department of Education. But is it enough to propel a statewide reading turnaround? And if so, when? Cobb said the timeline isn't clear, in part because curriculum shifts are still underway in some districts, and because the most immediate results will show up in routine K-3 reading assessments given by school districts rather than state tests given at the end of third grade. Scores from those routine assessments aren't posted publicly in a central location like state test results are. 
This year, about 41% of Colorado third graders scored at or above grade level on state literacy tests, which combines reading and writing. While that proportion matches 2019 levels, a piece of good news after pandemic-era declines, it still means that tens of thousands of children are struggling with basic literacy skills. Krista Spurgen, executive director of Stand for Children Colorado, said she believes the state's curriculum and teacher training initiatives have changed the mindset about how reading should be taught in Colorado. Quote, I'm really hopeful that in a couple years, we'll start to see outcomes for third graders, unquote, she said. Big districts make this switch. Colorado's largest school districts, including Denver, Jeffco, Douglas County, Cherry Creek, and Aurora, are among those phasing in new reading curriculum. The READ Act, a major state reading law passed in 2019, prompted the shift by requiring schools to use scientifically-based reading programs in kindergarten through third grade. Previously, Colorado schools were allowed to pick any reading program or none at all. Now, there are tighter guardrails in place, though districts can still pick from more than a dozen core programs. A year ago, state officials began enforcing the stricter curriculum rules, ordering a host of districts to replace unacceptable programs. The move was unprecedented, and some districts initially pushed back, arguing that they layered in state-approved programs with state-rejected ones. State officials didn't relent. The second-grade teachers at Bradley International knew something needed to change in early 2021, even before state oversight came into play. Their reading program at the time had big holes when it came to phonics. Often, if students got stuck, they were told to, quote, look at picture clues and guess what would make sense or even just skip the word, unquote, Bob Rosk said. Lessons didn't clearly state and consistently review how letters and sounds work together. She said, for example, that students might have learned part of the, quote, mama e unquote, rule, without understanding that a consonant sound must occur between the vowel and the, quote, e unquote, at the end of the word. That omission would lead students to misapply the rule and get frustrated when words didn't make sense. Quote, students did not have the tools to actually break down the words and there was a lot of guessing and hoping for the best, unquote, she said. Bradley's second grade team began using the phonics portion of a new reading curriculum, Core Knowledge Language Arts, and saw impressive results. The following year, when the school piloted the whole program in some grades, Bobrovsky's students made one and a half years worth of reading growth. Quote, it was crazy, unquote, she said. Quote, in all honesty, I've never seen anything like that happen before, unquote. Besides a stronger focus on phonics, new reading programs in Denver and some other districts include science and social studies themed units meant to build students' background knowledge about the world an approach that helps students understand what they're reading. Molly Valise, a Denver teacher who works with struggling readers at Murray L. Greenwood Early 8 School, said the knowledge-building units of core knowledge language arts have grabbed students' attention. Quote, First graders can tell me every body system and how they work together and they're using appropriate vocabulary, unquote, she said. Strengths and Weaknesses Ibeth Leon Ariza teaches at a dual-language immersion school in western Colorado where all elementary students get both English and Spanish instruction. She said the old reading program included Spanish passages that were inauthentic translations and didn't capture the meaning conveyed in the English version. 
Leon Ariza, a native Spanish speaker from Colombia, tried to fix such shortcomings by substituting more appropriate vocabulary or modifying these stories. She doesn't have to do that now. The district's new state-approved curriculum into reading and its Spanish counterpart, Arriba la Lectora, has better Spanish materials. About half of all Colorado students identified as far below grade level in reading are also English learners, raising questions about whether schools are detecting weak reading skills or limited English proficiency, and whether students have access to appropriate instruction. A recent state audit of Colorado's reading efforts flagged both issues and recommended changes. While Leanne Ariza generally likes her district's new reading program, which rolled out last year, there are weaknesses, too. She finds the online platform hard to navigate and said teachers can't fit everything the lessons suggest into the daily reading block. Quote, we are still having struggles with time, unquote, she said. Along with the inevitable learning curve that comes with new curriculum, Many Colorado schools continue to face a host of challenges that impact student learning, including staff turnover, residual COVID-19 disruption, and family stress. Rocky Mountain Elementary in the Adams 12 District north of Denver is one of them. Quote, The historical story of our school is that it had been chronically underperforming for almost a decade. I'm their fourth principal in ten years, unquote, said Principal Kate Vogel, who took the reins during the pandemic. Last spring, nearly 40% of the school's kindergarten through third grade students were significantly behind in reading. In addition, about half the school's students are English learners and nearly 90% qualify for subsidized meals a measure of poverty. On a recent morning in Megan Neitzel's classroom, third graders worked on writing a summary of, quote, the tale of King Midas, unquote, which was one of the stories in their new curriculum, Benchmark Advance 2022. For some students, it was easy. One girl blazed through her retelling of the Greek myth to a visitor correctly noting which part was the climax of the story and explaining the king's bad choice. He turned his daughter to gold. Meanwhile, other children struggled. In a small group gathered at a table around Nietzsche, one boy asked, quote, what's a setting, unquote. He also struggled to spell, quote, castle, unquote. Quote, sounded out, unquote, she said. Quote, what do you hear? Unquote. When the boy mumbled a non-response, she prompted him through it. Nietzsche likes the new curriculum so far, the way phonics and vocabulary are taught and because her students are excited about reading. Some bring their full-color workbooks home to read passages to younger brothers and sisters, she said. Bogo believes the new curriculum, along with state-mandated reading training and recent district efforts to dig deeply into reading standards, have made a difference. Quote, I just think teachers have a much better understanding now that we're focused on the science of reading, unquote, she said. Checking the to-do list. Some of Colorado's biggest reading improvement efforts have been underway for just a few years but evidence from inside and outside the state suggests they could eventually make a difference. One promising case study comes out of Mississippi, where state officials launched a slew of reading initiatives starting a decade ago, including teacher training on the science of reading. In 2013, the state was at the back of the pack for fourth grade reading achievement on a test called the National Assessment of Educational Progress. By 2019, Mississippi ranked first in the country for reading gains with its fourth graders matching the national average for the first time. 
Within Colorado, a literacy grant program begun in 2012 produced impressive literacy gains at many participating schools. The three-year awards were given to schools that agreed to overhaul reading instruction using the same kinds of levers, strict curriculum rules, and guidance for educators that are now kicking in statewide. But the gains often faded after the grants ran out, sometimes because of staff or principal turnover. Program leaders also said some teachers didn't have the grounding in the science of reading that they needed to sustain the coaching and other help they received through the grant. But things are different today. The vast majority of Colorado's K-3 teachers have completed state-mandated training on reading instruction. Several prominent teacher preparation programs have revamped their reading coursework and prospective elementary teachers must now pass a separate exam on reading instruction to earn their state licenses. The state has more on its reading to-do list, including additional reviews of teacher prep program reading coursework and the rollout of a new state-mandated training for elementary principals and teachers who work with struggling readers in 4th through 12th grades. Spurgeon of Stand for Children also believes the addition of tuition-free full-day kindergarten in 2019-20 and the launch of tuition-free preschool for Colorado four-year-olds next fall will help boost students' reading skills. For now, she's optimistic about changes unfolding in Colorado classrooms. Quote, We have talked to teachers who are already seeing improvements in their classrooms which just feels really energizing, unquote, she said. The Read on Aurora Schools At Vista Peak Exploratory in November, students in April Evans' first grade class were starting their day with a phonics lesson. That day, Evans was guiding the students through how to make nouns plural and asking students to demonstrate different types of suffixes. What type of a word is chin? She asked, how do you make it plural? How about pens? Throughout the lesson, students acted out motions for verbs, wrote their answers on mini whiteboards, and used magnets to spell out answers. The lesson was part of Foundations, the curriculum the school now uses to teach phonics, which Evans said kids love because of how interactive it is. Evans has been a teacher for 15 years, most of that time spent teaching first grade, where learning how to read proficiently is a crucial part of students' education. But for most of that time, the way she was teaching students how to read wasn't actually grounded in science. Vista Peak, like thousands of schools across the nation, for many years used an approach called guided literacy that has in recent years been shown not to align with the science of how children most effectively learn to read. The approach used almost no phonics and relied on an approach where if students didn't know a word, they were encouraged to guess it using the first letter and context clues. Quote, we know now there is absolutely no research behind that, unquote, Evans said. Five years ago, the school got new administration and changed to a new literacy curriculum called Wit and Wisdom, which is one of the curricula that is now on the approved list from the state. Unlike the previous curricula, which was primarily focused on building reading skills, Wit and Wisdom is knowledge-based and is designed to teach students new information in each unit as they learn how to read. The curricula set off a light bulb in Evan's head after she saw how well students responded to it, and she started to get really interested in the research behind literacy education. Quote, As a teacher up until the new curriculum, I had never been given actual reading research, and I would assume possibly it's because there is none, unquote, for the approach they had previously been using, Evans said. Quote, 
it was based on a theory and not actual research, unquote. Evans continued to study the science of reading and now, along with teaching first grade, works with curricula company Great Minds, where she trains other teachers across the country on how to use its science-based reading curriculum. She was also named a 2022-2023 through 2023 Goyen Literacy Fellow and in January will put together a library of best practices that can be used by educators across the country to teach reading. Zach Ran, Executive Director of Curriculum and Instruction at APS, said that most schools in the district had already been using approved curriculum before the passage of the READ Act in 2019 but the law helped the district better align its curriculum with best practices. Quote, the work is not new. It's more so enhanced and about bringing enhanced coherence to our system, unquote, he said. Currently, the majority of schools in the district use the curriculum wonders, which many of them had already been using, Rand said. Nine district schools had been using curriculum that are no longer approved. Along with Wonders, three schools, Vista Peak, Tollgate Elementary, and Boston P8, use different state-approved reading curricula, Rand said. The Cherry Creek School District also changed its reading curricula and is now using Into Reading, which has also been adopted by Jeffco. Like APS, the district also now uses foundations to teach phonics. Dominique Jones, CCSD's Director of Curriculum and Instruction, said that the new approach has had a remarkable effect already. Quote, Last year when we had foundations get going, a lot of teachers expressed, this was the thing that I was missing. Unquote, she said. Classes that started using the new curriculum started to see student gains pretty quickly, she said, and classrooms this year that have students who started the curriculum last year are seeing, quote, pretty significant differences from previous years, unquote, she said. It's particularly crucial that students learn how to read at a young age because there's a large body of research that shows that if a student can't read proficiently by third grade, they will continue to struggle throughout their academic career, Jones said. Both districts use a number of tools to track student progress, including assessments that are part of the reading curriculum, data from iReady, and standardized tests like CMAS. Data released earlier this year showed that students in both districts performed worse on CMAS tests this spring than students had in 2019, with just under half of CCSD students meeting or exceeding expectations in English language arts and only 23.6% of APS students. For Evans, she hopes that the new science-based reading curriculum will help move the needle not just in her classroom, but across the nation. She noted that since the National Assessment of Educational Progress Test frequently called the, quote, nation's report card, unquote, first came out in the 1990s, reading scores have not changed significantly. Quote, math has made growth, reading has not. Unquote, she said. Quote, Hopefully now, with students getting systematic phonics instruction and more districts adopting knowledge-building curricula, we're going to see gains. That would be great. Unquote. Aurora Police offering $10,000 reward for information on suspects in Wednesday night gun battle with cops by the Sentinel December 2nd, 2022. Aurora. A shootout Wednesday night among Aurora police and suspected car thieves left a trail of bullet-ridden police cars. An all-night manhunt, but no gunfire injuries, at least among police. Now, police are offering a $10,000 reward funded by Metro Denver Crime Stoppers and the Aurora Police Foundation for information leading to a suspect. Quote, 
We in the police department are tremendously relieved this morning that none of our officers were seriously injured last night, unquote. Interim Police Chief Dan Oates said during a news conference Thursday, quote, But I will tell you this, we are also very angry about what happened last night. This person tried to murder Aurora police officers who were out there protecting all of us, and we want him. Unquote. The incident began at about 9.45 p.m. when officers with Aurora's direct action response team began following what they believed to be a stolen Kia sedan in northwest Aurora, police said in a statement and on Thursday. Quote, the Kia pulled into a shopping center parking lot at East 6th Avenue and Peoria Street, occupied by at least two suspects. Unquote. Aurora Police Agent Matthew Longshore said in a release, quote, The Kia stopped in the parking lot and one or more persons in the vehicle, unprovoked, began firing multiple rounds at two officers in an unmarked police car, unquote, Longshore said. Quote, These officers returned fire, unquote. Oates described the incident as a, quote, gun battle, unquote between police and the suspects, whose car was hit by another police vehicle as they tried to speed out of the parking lot. A total of four police vehicles were struck by gunfire, Oates said. Five officers fired shots at the suspects, and it was unclear whether any of the suspects were shot. None of the officers were hit, though one was checked at the hospital for possible eye and hand injuries and released. Oates said police found the suspect vehicle containing two firearms crashed into another vehicle and abandoned near 10th Avenue and Lima Street. Officers then set up a perimeter and notified nearby residents to shelter in place using reverse 911 technology. Oates said one 16-year-old boy was located in a field not far from Central High School dressed inappropriately for the weather and wearing a non-functioning ankle monitor. He was arrested on open failure to appear warrants for motor vehicle theft and possession of a weapon but has not been charged in connection with the incident, Oates said. The Aurora SWAT team and canine units conducted a search of the area through the night but no other arrests were announced and Oates said police are calling on the community's help to find the suspect or suspects, at least one of whom is believed to be a male with a leg injury, likely to their right leg, and who was wearing a hooded sweatshirt at the time. Oates said six officers have been placed on leave, including the five who fired shots and the driver of the police car that hit the suspect vehicle while the incident is investigated by the 18th Judicial District Critical Incident Response Team. However, Oates said he was aware of, quote, no evidence to indicate that any of these officers at this time violated department policy, unquote. Quote, everything I know about this event at this time shows that our officers acted courageously and in the face of a deadly threat, unquote, he said. When asked whether investigators believed the officers involved had been targeted because of their jobs, Oates said they would not know until they arrested a suspect. Police are asking residents in the area to check outdoor security cameras, especially for recordings made between 9.45 p.m. and 11 p.m., as well as their backyards for any suspicious findings. While local roads were reopened Thursday morning, the shopping center at the King Supers at East 6th Avenue and Peoria Street remained closed into Thursday as police continue their investigation. LGBTQ Chorus in Colorado Springs Unifies Community with Song by Jesse Bedane, Associated Press, December 2, 2022 Colorado Springs Below the vaulted dome and dark wood beams of a church in Colorado Springs, 
a gay man's choir rehearsed for a concert that's taken on new meaning after an LGBTQ nightclub became the site of a shooting that killed five and wounded 17. Quote, there is no peace on earth, I said, unquote, the chorus sang. Quote, for hate is strong and mocks the song of peace on earth, unquote. The old lyrics that rang through the halls of the First Congressional Church were haunted by new memories of the November 21st violence at Club Q, the sound of screams over club music, the sight of bullet wounds plugged by napkins, and people pleading with their friends to keep breathing. In the 13 days since the shooting, Colorado Springs LGBTQ community has worked to collect itself and forge ahead. Patrons of Club Q, those who survived the rampage as well as regulars who weren't there last Saturday, have organized donation drives for victims' families, leaned on queer-affirming clergy, and renewed their commitments to LGBTQ spaces and organizations including Out Loud Colorado Springs Men's Chorus. Gay and lesbian choruses like Out Loud were born out of the 1978 assassination of San Francisco Supervisor Harvey Milk and have remained steadfast pillars of the LGBTQ community from the AIDS crisis through mass shootings such as Orlando's Pulse nightclub in 2016. In Colorado Springs, members of Out Loud prepared for three sold-out concerts, their first performances since the COVID-19 pandemic forced them to cancel shows. The rehearsals brought laughter and at times damp eyes, chins raised, and heads defiantly held forward. They're sending a clear message. Quote, we are saying we are still here, unquote, said Marius Nielsen a transgender man who sang from the front row at a Wednesday night rehearsal. In one practice session, Nielsen broke down while singing. He said he felt the swelling strength of those around him through the music. Quote, everyone has you, even if you falter, unquote, he said. The concert's solemn notes punctuated a largely joyful event where talented singers belted out Christmas carol medleys, some more campy than others. Members of the chorus dressed as the robed three kings, but in feathery neon scarves, and struck go-go dancer poses. Another performer wearing claw-style short shorts swooned over Santa. Quote, we will grieve, we will feel anger and sadness, and in the midst of that we will feel joy and hope, unquote, said Bill Loper, the concert's artistic director. Standing three rows back from Nielsen, Rod Gilmore said the choir was keeping him going. With the violent memories still fresh, Club Q shooting survivor Gilmore said he would have re-entered the closet he left last year at age 55 if it wasn't for those standing next to him in the church. Quote, it's giving me solace and a comfortable feeling that relaxes me and makes me feel like I'm a whole of something, not just a part, unquote, Gilmore said. Colorado Springs residents are working to spread that feeling of togetherness throughout their city. Matthew Haynes, Club Q's co-owner, is looking to remodel and install a garden and memorial to celebrate the lives lost. A friend cooked a vegan casserole for the owners. A Las Vegas resident drove to Colorado Springs to play a piano fastened to the bed of his red Toyota pickup. Quote, there's no playbook for this, unquote, said Haynes, who has started a GoFundMe page committed to, quote, bringing Club Q back as the safe space for Colorado Springs, unquote. His first goal is to ensure survivors and those mourning are supported. At a memorial on Wednesday, Colorado Governor Jared Polis paid his respects in front of a heaping row of flowers and gazed at photos of those lost. In 2018, Polis became the first openly gay man elected governor in the U.S., a retired teacher who worked near Columbine High School during the 1999 mass shooting there dropped off flowers next to a stuffed pink flamingo, 
and said he worried these tragedies have become so commonplace that people have become desensitized. Amidst vigils, marches, and outpourings of support on social media, Aaron Cornelius is among those in Colorado Springs demanding the tragedy be mourned and remembered. Quote, we are not going away, unquote, Cornelius told a large audience Tuesday night at Lulu's Downstairs, a bar just west of Colorado Springs that held a silent auction where poets, speakers, and musicians performed. Quote, this community is a lot stronger than they think. They think we are vulnerable. They think we are weak. Unquote. On stage, they oscillated between fiery calls to action to fight the status quo and gentler messages advocating love over hate. The faces of audience members were illuminated by candles as they chanted, quote, I am valid. I deserve to be safe. I may be afraid, but bravery is going out and living in the face of fear. I am brave. I am brave. Unquote. During the auction, a self-described, quote, later in life lesbian, unquote, pastor persuaded bespoke wine bottles labeled with Club Q and the date of the massacre, as well as gift cards for haircuts and a dog bandana reading, quote, I heart my dad's, unquote. Wyatt Kent, a drag queen who performed at Club Q the night of the shooting, read poems and anecdotes penned by their partner, Daniel Aston, who was killed while working behind the bar. In one anecdote, Aston, who was a transgender man, wrote of moving to Colorado Springs from Tulsa, Oklahoma, and how he had grown into himself. Quote, I'm less of a doormat. I'm more assertive. I have a job as a bartender that I love. I no longer want to die. Unquote. Kent then read one of Aston's poems, which Kent described as Aston helping the community move forward. Quote, Some things never make any sense, like salmon downstream, like sweat rolling down your sleeve. That's just the way these things go. Unquote. Quote, All of that is part of healing, the laughing, the crying, all of it. And then just being together. After something like this, you just naturally want a human to be with, unquote. Event organizer Kitty Kilner said, That mixture of pride and rage, laughter and tears, is what Out Loud aims for in their upcoming holiday concerts. Quote, Music is magical, unquote. Chorus member Josh Campbell said, Quote, We aren't talking to each other, but we connect on an emotional level. Unquote. The small audience sensed that magic at rehearsal as the chorus progressed through, quote, I heard the bells on Christmas Day, unquote. A carol based on a Civil War era poem by Henry Wadsworth Longfellow about his wounded son. Their despair lifted as the music pulled toward a resolution. Quote, then pealed the bells more loud and deep. God is not dead nor doth he sleep. The wrong shall fail, the right prevail with peace on earth. Unquote. APS Searching for New Superintendent as Rico Munn Steps Aside by Karina Julig, Staff Writer, December 2nd, 2022. Aurora Aurora Public Schools Superintendent Rico Munn will transition to a supporting role next semester as the district searches for a new superintendent for the upcoming school year, the district announced Friday. Munn has been at the helm of Colorado's fifth largest school district for over nine years. His current contract expires at the end of this school year, and he will not be seeking to extend it. In a news release posted on the district's website Friday afternoon, APS School Board President Debbie Gherkin said that at its next meeting on December 6th, the board will vote on a transition agreement plan and will start the search for a new superintendent later this month. Quote, 
I am incredibly proud of the difficult and crucially important work that we have done together to accelerate learning for every APS student every day, unquote, Munn said in a statement. Quote, I thank the community for allowing me to serve our diverse and dynamic students, unquote. Munn will transition into a support role starting next semester and will serve the district in a modified schedule through the end of the 2022 through the 2023 school year, according to the release. An acting superintendent will be named for the second semester of the current school year, and Munn has agreed to support the district in the first semester of the 2023 through the 2024 school year as the new superintendent comes aboard. In the release, Gherkin thanked Munn for his time with the district and said that more information about the search will be shared as soon as it is available. Quote, On behalf of the Board of Education, I would like to sincerely thank Superintendent Munn for his many years of service to the Aurora Public Schools and his continued dedication to this community, unquote, she said. Except for mentioning that his contract expires, the release did not provide a specific reason for why Munn is stepping down. It did not clarify whether the interim superintendent will be someone currently on APS leadership team or someone brought in from outside. District representatives declined to provide more detail Friday evening on how the transition process will work. Quote, Since the APS Board of Education is handling the transition for Superintendent Munn, I am unfortunately not able to provide any additional information beyond the letter that was sent to our community this afternoon. Unquote. Spokesperson Corey Christensen said in an email, Board members could not immediately be reached for comment. Munn will be the latest in a number of metro area superintendents who have left their positions since the beginning of the pandemic. Previous Cherry Creek superintendent Scott Siegfried retired at the end of the previous school year after just three years at the helm citing a need to spend more time with his family. Former Jeffco Public Schools Superintendent Jason Glass left in the fall of 2020 to take a state commissioner job in Kentucky. Former Denver Public Schools Superintendent Susanna Cordova also left in 2020 to take a position in Dallas after an at-times turbulent two-year stint. Former Douglas County Public Schools Superintendent Corey Wise was fired without cause by the school board in February following the election of a slate of new, conservative-leaning members who criticized his actions during the pandemic. He is currently suing the district for wrongful termination. As for teachers, the last few years have been uniquely stressful for superintendents as schools have dealt with the ongoing public health and academic effects of the pandemic. Schools have also borne the brunt of clashes over issues such as masking and how or to what extent schools should teach students about topics such as race and LGBTQ issues that have turned into pitched partisan battles. It's unclear whether this has translated into superintendents leaving at higher rates than usual. A RAND survey from earlier this year found that 13% of superintendents left their jobs between 2021 and 2022, a rate the researchers did not believe was above average, but that half of superintendents surveyed said they were considering leaving or were not sure how long they would remain. Unlike some other metro area districts, APS has not been the site of significant controversy over its pandemic response or culture war issues such as whether, quote, critical race theory, unquote, is being taught in the classroom. Along with the pandemic, 
The district's main source of upheaval in recent years has involved the implementation of Blueprint APS, the district's new long-term facilities plan which has involved the closure and repurposing of some neighborhood schools throughout the district. The plan had been unpopular with a number of families and teachers in schools that have been closed or are rescheduled for future closure some of whom have blamed Munn specifically for the decisions. The district has maintained that closures of schools with low enrollment are a painful necessity to, to best steward the district's resources and prevent inequities from developing between schools of different sizes. Munn joined APS in 2013, not long after the 2012 Aurora Theater shooting that left the district and the city reeling. He is the district's 16th superintendent, succeeding Air Force veteran and current wings over the Rockies President John Barry and its first black superintendent. Prior to joining APS, Munn was a litigator at a national law firm for over a decade. He formerly served on the board of the ACLU of Colorado and was on the board of governors for the Colorado State University system from 2012 to 2020. He was a finalist in 2020 for the Green Garner Award, the nation's highest urban education honor, and in 2019 was named Colorado Superintendent of the Year. APD and U.S. Marshal Find 11 High-Risk Missing Children by Karina Julig, Sentinel Staff Writer, November 29, 2022. Aurora A two-week operation conducted by the Aurora Police Department and the U.S. Marshals District of Colorado, in partnership with the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children, led to the location or recovery of 11 high-risk missing children, according to a Tuesday news release. Operation Lost and Found took place November 7th to November 18th with the goal of finding critically endangered missing children throughout the Denver metro area, the release said. Along with locating the children who range in age from 12 to 17, the operation also led to the arrest of one adult for alleged interference with a custodial order. The children, quote, were considered to be some of the most at-risk and challenging recovery cases in the area, based on indications of high-risk factors such as victimization of child sex trafficking, child exploitation, sex abuse, physical abuse, and medical or mental health conditions, unquote, the release said. Their names and more details about their cases are not being released in order to protect their privacy, the agency said. After being located, APD worked with the Colorado Department of Human Services to return the children to their families or determine whether they needed to be placed outside the home. This was the first missing child operation conducted by the U.S. Marshals Service in Colorado. Quote, as the marshals continue to develop our missing child unit, we will continue to support state and local law enforcement partners in locating and reunifying missing and, and exploited children with their families, unquote, said Kirk Taylor, U.S. Marshal for the District of Colorado, in a statement. Aurora Seeking Volunteers for its 2023 Point-in-Time Homeless Count by Max Levy, Sentinel Staff Writer, December 2, 2022. Aurora Aurora is seeking volunteers now for the annual Point-in-Time Count, which is undertaken on behalf of the U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development and is the city's primary source of information on the size of its homeless population. Earlier this year, participants counted 
612 homeless people living in shelters and on the streets of Aurora. On January 31st, volunteer teams will again be dispatched into the community to locate and talk with homeless residents, administer a survey, and provide resources. The point-in-time count is generally regarded as an undercount, representing the minimum number of homeless people residing in the city on a given date, but is used along with information regularly shared by service providers to estimate the demand for services. Aurora's manager of homelessness, Emma Knight, said in a news release that the count, quote, also helps raise awareness within our community of the importance of the services we provide, unquote. In addition to canvassing the community in teams from 5 a.m. to noon, volunteers can opt to survey and provide resources to homeless people living in their vehicles in the safe parking area at Restoration Christian Fellowship in Shifts, lasting from noon to 4 p.m., and from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. Interested members of the public can sign up to volunteer at auroragov.org forward slash volunteer. More information about the volunteer opportunities will be provided at drop-in virtual information session at 6.30 p.m. on December 6th, the link at which can be found at auroragov.org forward slash homelessness. Volunteers will be required to attend one virtual training session before participating in the count. Trainings will take place in late December through mid-January, with dates and times to be posted at auroragov.org forward slash homelessness. Aurora Medication Assisted Treatment Facility to Hold Ribbon Cutting Wednesday by Karina Julig Sentinel Colorado Staff Writer, November 29, 2022 Aurora Aurora's new opioid addiction treatment facility will be holding a ribbon-cutting and open house Wednesday. Community Medical Services opened its medication-assisted treatment facility for opioid addiction in Aurora in late October. The official ribbon-cutting will be attended by a number of local city officials, including Mayor Mike Kaufman. The facility is the first medication-assisted treatment program in Aurora and the first CMS location in Colorado. Since opening, it has started treating several dozen patients and is hoping that the open house will bring in more, according to a spokesperson. Quote, we have been overwhelmed by the positive response and how willing the community is to work together, unquote. CMS Program Manager Christina Bordreau said in an email, quote, In the last four weeks, we have connected 54 people with life-saving treatment for the opioid use. Too many Coloradans have been lost to the opioid epidemic and we hope to continue to be part of the solution. Unquote. The open house is scheduled for 3 p.m. to 5 p.m. on Wednesday, November 23rd at the facility on 14300 East Exposition Avenue. Thank you for joining us for the Arapahoe County News. My name is Pablo. If you enjoyed this program, Please register for our free services at www.aincolorado.org or by calling 303-786-7777.